Welcome to another fantastic edition of the Photography Bar podcast. It's Mark here, and as usual, I am joined with Cam. Cam, how are you doing? Very good. Hopefully you hear me a little bit clearly, because let's be honest, my audio has not been good for the last few shows. Well, uh, just as a little thing, I, I, I plugged my headphones in and didn't put them on. And then I was like, Cam, I can't hear you at all. And realizing <laughs> I have my headphones on. Um, so, yeah, not not the best start. But um, <laughs> yes, you're you're. Yes, you got your, yes. your nano back, so I you have, do stand right. a lot clearer. So yes, my gold, stuff. my gold blingy mic. So anyway, let's going to jump straight in as we always yeah. do. We know no longer intros on our podcast. Okay, <laughs> we we'd been at the photography shows. Everyone knows, met some great people, did all of that, and uh, as, as official supporting partners of the photography show and the video show. Um, you know, we're going to be continuing mentioning uh, uh, all of that throughout the year. Okay, with some uh, great things coming up now. Uh, I, I I did buy two things at the photography show, uh, Mark. I think it was two things. Yeah, it was three. I um, bought two things, came away with two things, and I ordered one as well. Um, and I walked away with a Samyang autofocus 24 to 70 lens, and that's to use specifically on our Sony cameras for video filming. And because we need that for, for the team. Uh, and I also bought a, can, a, a grip for the Canon R6. Yes, uh, I was quite jealous of that. because I want Really one. good price, 299 um, yeah. I have to be honest, when I had my, I go going back, okay, the D3 had obviously the grips there, the D4, D4S, yeah. the, the grips built in as part of the actual camera. Yeah. And when I, when I sort of uh, got a D750, I felt lost without that sort of, that grip yeah. that was built in on the, the early sort of early early models of the Nikons and uh, so I bought a third party one because I thought I'm going to try this I think I got it for about 70 quid somewhere <laughs> right. and um, never had a problem with it it was absolutely mm. brilliant okay and um, it, it was really good so I'd been waiting for a, a third party grip for the Canon let me, let, actually let me just tell, tell people what we mean by a grip so on the for those of you that don't know on the bottom of uh, my camera now um i have got um it's it, it's something it's a little unit that screws into the tripod um screw on the bottom of your camera and it holds the batteries it holds two batteries um and it links up to your camera because it's connected up but it's also got a shutter release button and it's got aperture control and shutter control so if i'm shooting portrait um format for example um my it just makes it a lot more comfortable on my hand so having the portrait having this having this camera grip gives you two batteries and it gives you uh to battery power so you don't have to change batteries so quick so using the grip makes the camera a lot more bulky um, but it's really good anyway i was waiting for the third party and i've been looking for ages but there's no third party camera grips for the canons because i don't have a problem well, the r6 using, in particular. for the r6 yeah i don't have a problem using the the, the grips it is better to use the the, the 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 proper one. So getting a Canon one, um, you know, would would be better. Or getting a proper Nikon one, I think, would be better. I think the elect electronics are probably better in it. But anyway, so I bought this at two nine nine. It was a really good price. Uh, giving a shout out to uh, Camera um, Camera World, wasn't it? Camera World. No, it wasn't Camera no, World. It was not Camera World. It wasn't sorry. Camera World. Okay. Uh, it this was, is it, this is an amazing bit of preparation. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, we we got it from somewhere. One of the really good dudes gave me a great price. <laughs> I got it from somewhere. <laughs> right. No, uh, was, at, was it, at, it London Camera show. Exchange? It was London Camera Exchange. There we go. It See, was London Camera Exchange. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, guys were great. Gave us a really good price, mm. and 
using the grip is great because it's lovely. It, it makes the camera bigger in your hand. It just makes it a lot more comfortable to work with. I don't have to change batteries. So if I'm shooting an event or I'm shooting uh, at a wedding where, you know, uh, battery power goes down fairly quickly, you mm. know, uh, I was finding those two batteries, you know, saw me through the day really easily. Mm. Uh, which is great. So not having to worry about that. That's a great thing. And also it's really comfortable on your wrist if you're shooting vertical as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, over the years, I've tried to reduce the gear that I've got and make and get smaller cameras as well. But putting that grip on, you know, does does make a huge drip. A difference yeah. you know just sort of uh, um, uh just sort of comfort in hand so i think that was a really good purchase i was really pleased with that those of you that are thinking of getting a camera grip um yeah highly recommend it and Excellent of course stuff. this and of course just touching on the samyang lens um i think samyang makes some great lenses we use some of their cine lenses for video um but this is a, a it's a photography lens but it's also good for video but we wanted to buy it because it's, it's specifically it's autofocus and we needed a 2470 that opens up 2.8 mm. um samyang i think are fantastic i think they're really good so if if you're looking for lenses for your canon nikon sony whatever and you don't want to go down the the actual branded you know down the more expensive Canon lenses and Sony lenses, Nikon lenses, then you know you've got things like Tamron, you've got things like um, what's the other make Sigma, Sigma, which is really good. Yeah. Okay, but I can really recommend Samyang as well. So I was really happy with mm. those purchases. What um, was the third thing you bought? Oh, a camera strap. Oh, uh, a, yeah, that was a it. leather a leather strap from the yeah. from the company Leather Rebel, yes. who are based in the Netherlands. Netherlands. Got, absolutely great service. However, I've, I had a bit of a problem in ordering it. Um, uh, something to do with bank details and whatever. So I've got to do a separate sort of bank transfer rather than trying to do it through their website. Um, but I know they had some issues as well with um, uh, the, um, which they only found out while they were here. They ideally wanted people to be VAT registered. Uh, you know to order their yeah. product so obviously brexit that's going to be difficult yeah it's making cause... you know it's going to cause an issue for some people yeah. Uh, so yeah i was really happy and that just that just touch on the photography show yeah so that's the uh, leather straps i mean I, I do have a strap i must admit i prefer the neoprene ones but they do look nice those leather ones they do think, look the business but i, I think i think that's let's think... let's be honest mark that's why i bought it yeah of course it is <laughs> Come on. that's why you've got a gold microphone <laughs> exactly Master cam over there <laughs> exactly I mean, that's right yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I think the neoprene are more more comfortable. That's that's my personal yeah, opinion. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um, uh, some some news that came out a couple of days ago, uh, moving on here, um, were some rare images of the Beatles. Uh, oh, yes. Gigs, saw these. Um, yes. That have been found that uh, came across all on BBC. And this was before Ringo joined. Yeah. So it was uh, Pete Best was the drummer Pete, at the time. Pete Best, that was it. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. And these images uh, that have been uh, just been discovered, they were taken in 1961, a year before their debut single Love Me Do uh, was released. And it shows uh, Paul McCartney, John Lennon singing, George Harrison on guitar and a partly obscured drummer, Pete Best. Yeah. Looking at one of the pictures, I actually wouldn't have realised it was them at the beginning paul mccartney uh, looks so different paul mccartney looks really you different. can spot lennon but you can easily that's right yeah. and even george harrison that looks so young yeah. um these black and white images um and and people are sitting on these images you know and not realizing that they've got them but they were aged between 18 and 20 and um they it's just fascinating to it's fascinating to actually see them 
And I think there's so many, there's so many images out there that people just don't realise that they've got that they're sitting on, you know, like history and gold dust. Yeah. Um, so you know, for those of you that uh, were around in the '60s, if you did go to any gigs and you think you may have taken some photos, they might be in the loft somewhere. Dig them out. Yeah, do. Uh, people are people are absolutely fascinated with this sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so if anyone hasn't looked, have a look at the BBC website for those black and white. Um, uh, those uh, couple, there's I think there's a couple of black and white images that have been released, so, mm. Uh, mm. which is really good. So, and then just moving on from something that was really old, okay, from going back to sixties, I'm going to move to more modern day thing. Um, Mark, did you ever buy one of those digital photo frames? I did. I actually bought one for my parents back in the day um, for their photos. But I never actually got one for myself. No. All I want to know is what's happened to digital photo frames? Well, I could probably tell you that straight off. The <laughs> iPads probably killed off digital photo frames. Uh, the TV, because they've all got USB slots now, haven't they? So you can just you know, put USB through there. Um, mobile phones. I think yeah. that's probably what happened to the, <laughs> to the digital photo frames. It's actually, isn't it? You know, because, um, I mean, frames with actual real photos have never died. Um, nice. I mean, the idea of the digital photo frame was something that you just left on a sideboard or something and it would just scroll through. You would leave it. So you wouldn't normally display yeah. your iPad or something. But you're right. That no, is, that is the reason not. why, you know, um, but I came across something and thought, oh, actually, I've, digital photo frames, are they actually still around and are people actually buying them? Well, when, back in my venture days, I remember they were always sort of thinking about the possibility of having a digital frame product and they did in the end they did this standing mm. up piece but i was hoping that they if they were going to do something they'd, they'd try something a bit more advent you know a bit bit more exciting like a, a 30 20 um inch uh digital photo frame mm. but you know they were you know they're, they're basically photographers and framers they're not an electronics company so mm. i can understand why it never happens but um i guess yeah, the, the the demand was never really for it. I mean, mm. I know going back to the photo show, you were looking at one of those video albums, weren't you? Mm. Um, and I also thought, I must admit, I did, the question did cross my mind as to why would you want one of those personally? Um, because I would put it on my iPad or I'd put it through the TV. That, that That's my personal. I mean, I know I, yeah. people um, look at things differently. But I just thought, I, yeah, I can answer get that, that out every time. Yeah, go for I can, it. I can answer that question. So people that don't know video books, basically, uh, it's a tablet with a cover, like a cover, like a wedding yeah. album, shall we say. And really, it's just a presentation. It makes a nice gift for people. So it mm. makes a nice gift, say, for a bride and groom to give their parents to say, here's our wedding video and wrap it up and give it to them for Christmas. And they, they get it and they get it. They open up the box. It's a lovely front cover, like a wedding album. You open it up and in there is a tablet that's got the play, a rewind and forward buttons and the volume buttons on there mm. um embedded in this sort of uh, presentation case and that's that's all it is so it's really yeah. just a presentation that's different it makes a nice gift yeah i, I suppose i get that but i mean at the end of the day uh, yeah i'd still just stick it on my ipads you know yeah, what i mean it's, no, it's true it's, it's, it's the same yeah. it's the same thing isn't it it is yeah it's 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 true it's, it's just a gift um yeah. but that's one of the things how weddings are sort of you know um i suppose manufacturers in the wedding industry are trying to uh just come up with different ideas and, and yeah and different things you know because you know as we know there's a lot of people that listen to the show who are wedding photographers um you know or, or let's say wedding event photographers and um it's a huge 
you know, we know wedding photography is a huge industry. So manufacturers mm. are always trying to find something, you know, a bit quirky, a little bit different as well. So, mm. Mm. you know. Yeah, um, no, I see that. I see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And a, a, talking about weddings, there was something that you wanted to. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, just going there. on with that. Um, yeah, I mean. I was thinking about it. I was reading this article the other day and it was about preparing for your wedding. And I thought, well, you know, it's an interesting article, but you know, we're both wedding photographers and the preparation for a wedding. I mean, it almost goes back months, doesn't it? Um, mm, if you yeah. think about it. And and I was just wondering, you know, preparation for, for what, what, what would you do? I mean, what is your procedure? I guess is the, uh, is the, okay. so from, yeah. From booking to the wedding day, I guess. Okay. Um, well, I had a, uh, a couple in the office uh, yesterday or the day before. I think it was yesterday. And uh, they're getting married in 2024, I think it was. Mm. And um, strangely enough, they, they came to the office and said, do you remember us? And I said, no. They said, we've been here before, about four years ago. Oh. And um, at the time, they had to cancel. And they said, you know, um, we hadn't booked anything because right after we came to see you, um, a few things happened and we just had to postpone the wedding and we're now going ahead. And I think it's either 23 or 2024. 20, yeah. I can't remember. Anyway, so they came in to see me yesterday and we went through their day and their day uh, um, uh, was going to be, their actual wedding ceremony is going to be a full Catholic mass. So it's going to be an hour and a half. And we were talking about the timings of their day and their wedding ceremony is quite late in the day. Mm. And I, so I went, I broke the timings down for them. And I said to them that your timings are going to be very, very tight because you're not going to have any time to relax or mingle with guests. You're going to, your wedding day is going to be ceremony photos and then straight to your wedding meal, your wedding mm. breakfast, as it's called here. And, and they were quite surprised. They hadn't realized. And I was saying, you know, would you be prepared to bring your ceremony forward at least an hour, you know, uh, on the wedding day? Cause it's going to give you a huge, that's going to make a huge difference. So they're now going to go back. So I was already, although they haven't booked with me yet, they were, well, I was starting to give them a few ideas and a few pointers mm. and tips. Um, so in actual fact, as a selling technique, my my conversation with them was moving away from photography and mm. it started to become about their wedding day. And I was giving mm. them other advice, which just helps to build trust. Um, yeah. So, you know, which, 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 you know, which was a good thing. So this couple had come in and I gave them some just general advice, you know, mm. and hopefully they'll, they'll come back to me and, and they will book. But once I've gone through a an initial meeting with them and they actually go ahead and book, what I then do is I have a pre-wedding meeting arranged with each couple two to four weeks before their actual wedding day, because yeah. there's no point in having anything before them because they don't know numbers. They don't know the timings of their day fully and all of that. Mm. It's, it's too mm. soon to do anything before that. So a month to two weeks before is when I do a pre-wedding meeting. However, yeah. I do say to every single couple, if they need to come in and see me at any point between booking and their wedding day, and they might book two years ahead, Mm. then they're welcome to do that i can do a video call i can do a phone call i can do an email i can do an actual call mm. uh, where they come into the office and nobody's ever actually come in but i always no. say it to couples because they realize they don't need to yeah two weeks before the wedding let's just say a couple come in i'll sit down with them i'll go through the schedule of their day i'll tell them what's realistic as far as the timings that they've given me and what mm. we can do within the within the context of the, their timings of the day and then i'll do a photo list with them of essential family photos now some couples have already done a list themselves and then we would just you know compare what i would suggest they have so we do that list with them um 
and then I then meet them on the wedding day. So that's that's my preparation with the bride and groom. That mm. doesn't have any preparation for equipment at all, but that's just my preparation with the bride and groom. Now that's fair enough. Uh, that's fair enough. Uh, so when you do your, uh, you know, the pre-wedding chat, you know, that, that to the, the four months. So it's mainly just going through timings and, um, yeah. you know, how many guests are there. Do you go through sort of, types of shots thereafter at that point i mean have they been looking at pinterest have they been um so you know, I, do they have a style in mind i guess hmm. i don't i know that they've, they've booked with us they've already done that research and they like what we do anyway yeah i will always avoid saying to couples give me some samples <coughs> excuse me if, have you found hmm. anything on pinterest or insta the problem with that is if they show you something you think wow that's bloody good right yeah. that's going to be difficult to create because for all you know, that might not be a real wedding day shot. Yeah, it could be a model shoot. Okay, it yeah. could be a model shoot, themed shoot. Okay, um, and also their expectations could be very different. You know, they might have this uh, some photos in front of this amazing background, uh, you know, with this massive mansion or a or a uh, yeah. you know a manor house or something. But their reception is in a village hall down the road from where they live. Yeah, so you're not going to be able to do it. So yeah. I always avoid asking them what style all of that. It's more about mm. this is what we do. But if a couple do say, look, I found some pictures online, and I'll always say, yeah, just email them to me because you mm. have to sort of go by that because it gives yeah. you an idea of what they're into. Yeah. Um, but other than that, really, it's more about saying, right, what time are you going to hear makeup being done? This is what time you need to be ready for. This is what time will arrive. This is what time will be at, say, the church or the venue. Mm. Um, this is what this is when we do family photos. This is when we're going to take the two of you off for couple photos. Yeah. This is this is when we'll do this. Does this work with your schedule? Because we want to plan a day that works for them, for their mm. guests, for the venue, and for us. So it makes it a good experience for the bride and groom. But mm. the way we try and do it is make sure that it works for us and it works for the bride and groom as well. I mean, uh, you also do things like um, uh, arranging. So, for example, because I know because I've, I've worked with you a few times now and, and straight after the ceremony, you get them um, to do the, the, the group shots, don't you? Mm, and you yeah. actually you actually sort of control when the, the venue hand out the drinks, don't you? Yeah, because the biggest thing for me is that if you go to a venue and it, um, so they get married at a venue where they're having their reception as well, what happens, bride and groom will come out the venue and drinks and canapes are served. Now for photography, that's a big no-no. All mm. right. Now we work very quickly, as you know. So bride and groom yeah. give me a list of 20, 30 group photos that they want to do. I'll get through those in 15 minutes. Mm. Okay. It's very, very quick. But what we ask them to do is to hold the drinks back for 15 minutes, because if they serve drinks, the, those photos will take, well, we won't get through them all. Yeah. Some people go missing. People go for a wonder. The photos just take too long. People so spill all... tomato sauce down their white shirt. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Or what, really, the main thing is they just wander off or they go to the bar. Yeah. So we're, tr we're trying to do the pictures and people have just one, disappeared. So we really emphasize the importance of that to the bride and groom because we say it make a huge difference to your wedding day. Mm. Now, at no point have a bride and groom ever said, no, we're not prepared to do that. Mm. And sometimes venues will do that. But venues always sort of say that, um, but venues will always say that, um, you know, we want to do it the way that we want to do it. I'll say, look, clear, clear it with the bride and groom. This is why we've suggested it. Yeah. However, I did find out something very interesting this week. <laughs> and no, not this week, in the last couple of weeks, yeah. was that some venues, the reason why they insist on serving drinks straight away was because they want to get the bar open yeah. to get guests spending money. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. And that's why they actually do it. Yeah. Um, and well, um, that was one reason. And the other reason is because they want to allocate staff and get them serving drinks and then go and then be helping to set rooms up. So there's all yeah. sorts of reasons why. But generally, that's, you know, my thing is, is hold the drinks back. Yeah. Get your family photos done. Then get rid of everyone. So, do you get the clients? Do you get the clients to get the venue to hold the drinks or do you just call the mm -hmm. venue up and go? Yeah, no, always the bride and groom because yeah. if I find a they're venue, the boss, up, they're, I guess, aren't they? yeah, they're not going to listen to me. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm the photographer, by the way. Can you hold drinks back? No, the bride and groom say that to the bride. And I always yeah. actually say to the bride and groom, don't say that we said it. Just say that you guys want to hold them back because you'd prefer to wait 15 minutes. You want to get some family photos done. Then you'd like yeah. to serve drinks. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> I always blame. I don't like to use the word blame, but I like to put everything on the bride and groom. Yeah. Um, so if I want to do something and then it's about, but the bride and groom asked for it, the bride said this, the bride said she'd like to do photos over there. Now she may not have said that on the day, but yeah. it might've been myself that said that. Okay. And, um, and that's why I, um, that's why my main thing is, to, is, is to put everything on the bride and groom. So the bride and groom yeah. have requested this, even if it's me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense because at the end of the day, they are the boss at the, they are the and, ultimate boss of the and day. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, yeah, you're right. And at the, and at the end of the day, people might be thinking that, um, that, you know, Oh, you know, is that the right thing to do? But it's about making the job easier. It's about helping the couple have a better day. Yeah. Really. It's what it comes it's, down to. Yeah. So, so all these things go on in the background and people don't actually realize that all these things are actually going on, but yeah. we're, we're just making arrangements. So their day works out much smoother. Cause generally, um, yeah, people want to get together, have a drink, have a laugh. They don't want to be standing around for photos. I mean, that they especially on the day even the bride and groom on the day mm. just want to mm. you know they don't want the photos it's after the wedding that they want the photos of course it um is. yeah and if you don't get them on the day then then that's problems for later on um mm. despite the fact that they went no <laughs> oh you're you're 100 right yeah. okay it's never let a bride and groom say to you on the day oh don't worry we're not we're not fussed now we, we, we don't necessarily want those pictures now yeah do your best to get all of those photos because after the event that they will complain. They will say, yeah. well, we thought you were going to do them. They'll forget those conversations that you had. Yeah. Um, so always sort of insist, no, look, these are on your list and we've got to get these. And yeah. then they've got, then they, then they can't come back to you and complain. So yeah. no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But then gear wise, um, you know, so maybe the day before the wedding, I mean, mm. I know the sort of things I do, I, I mm. charge all my batteries. So that's mm. for my, both my cameras and the lights, the LED lights that I take and make sure they're all charged. Mm. Um, we sync the cameras, don't we? So time syncing them. So then editing, because there's two photographers. So you want to mm. make sure that, that it's all time synced um, perfectly. So mm. then when it comes to edit, you can do it all uh, mm. together. Uh, any other things that, you know, you, you would you would throw in on that? I think for me, my gear is stripped right down to sort of bare minimum i'll take what i need as a bare minimum okay mm. because i find that the more equipment you have the more gadgets you have the more chances are something is going to go wrong yeah okay so we so i've so i've always been sort of like strip everything down i have a spare camera spare lens spare flash in a bag that sits in the car so i've always got a spare something okay there but my main camera bag will have um my camera one lens one flash and batteries okay mm. and that's it okay mm. um i don't i don't I, i've tried shooting with two cameras with two different lenses strapped either side of me i don't 
I prefer not to do that. That's just my way of doing it. I have a 24 to 72 point eight and I can do everything with that. Get some beautiful portraits, drop backgrounds out of focus. I can do all the groups. Um, if I want to get close into people, I won't use a long lens. I'll just go in closer to people and physically yeah. move myself closer. So I, I, so I try and keep my body as light as possible on the day. Um, so I've got not, I'm not, clanking around with loads of gear and that type of thing so mm. if i put a camera down i forget where i've put it as i've done mm. that many times <laughs> okay and uh that's why having the straps that we you now use the camera never comes off your body yeah um as far as charging up and everything when i when i finish a wedding and i'm back in the office the following day i'll charge all my gear up then put it away because i've got other jobs going on in between mm. but then i'll always check it a day maybe two days before make sure all the wedding gear is packed never do yeah. it on the day of the wedding no very, very rarely do it the day before it's usually two days before if i haven't got another job just going before mm. that so everything is charged it's packed it's put away um and because you know preparation is key because if you're prepared you're going to be far more relaxed and chilled. Yeah. You don't you don't want to be hunting around for your batteries and stuff on the morning of a wedding and then find that you can't find it. Because, oh, if, no. that hap- because if that happens, that's your own fault. If you find yeah. you get to a wedding and your batteries aren't charged, that's down to you. That's just, just down to bad preparation. Mm. It's, it's happened. I've done it before when I've thought, oh, no, I didn't charge the batteries. Oh, God, you know, where's my memory cards? I've done it because that's just mm. life. It, it happens. But 99% of the time, You've got to be prepared, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. which makes your life easier at the end of the day. You don't want to go to a wedding stressed. You don't want to turn no. up to a wedding um, worried and, yeah, I've forgotten this, I've forgotten that. I, I, I'll be honest, I've, I've been to a wedding and I've forgotten something. I've left something. Hey, I left a wedding once at the end at the reception um, and left my camera at the wedding. <laughs> okay i I left it on the bar yeah okay on the bar and luckily you know i phoned up when i got back and i thought hang on a minute got my camera bag out the car hey this feels a bit light light yeah (laughs) (laughs) and panic set in and yeah so these things happen but you know uh you know that's that happened once in what two three thousand weddings i've done over the years so you know um which is not bad (laughs) but yeah preparation is key and everything so yourself, what would you, how about you, Mark? Would you do anything different to what I've said? No, I mean, that's generally what I do. Make sure you get the itinerary and organise the itinerary. I think that's that's a big one. And you've got to do that a few weeks in advance, just in case you do need to make any changes. Um, I've, uh, yeah, and and again, I, I tend to, because I'm using, because I do a lot of family stuff as well. So I'm always happy to charge batteries anyway. Uh, so I do go through the day before, make sure everything's charged and, and that kind of stuff um because if i do it a few days before then chances are i've used the camera since and <laughs> i need to do it anyway so that's why exactly. i tend to do it that you know the, the, the day before um and yeah i mean I, I am a bit different to you i do use two cameras i do like using a long lens um mm. but that's just the way i shoot and that's fine um but also additional things i think the only other gadget i have are those led lights but i find and they're really useful for like first dances and, and things like that. I highly recommend you getting so much. Mm, well, think, the thing is, we're together now so much that I've really yeah. learned that from you. Yeah. You know, um, I've always felt that I like that low light. I like the fact that you keep it, keep it simple. I can work really well with my flash or without and the cameras and you've got 2.8 lens or 1.8 yeah. or something, you know, you, it's, it's fantastic. However, when you do put these led lights on for the first dance and put them up on stands, you put a couple of those up and they really beam that light yeah. one. It not only helps the video guys that are, mm. are filming uh, with Nan and George, 
uh, and it, it does give some beautiful images, you yeah. know. Um, and uh, I, so, yeah, I totally agree. Well, you see, I've never taken lights ever before mm. that to a wedding. I, n- I never did. And I know a lot of photographers, what they'll do is they'll take some studio lights in case they need oh. family groups inside, but I've never yeah. done that. No. You know, the the the, 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 the speed lights, the Nikon speed lights, the Canon lights, the Godox lights and whatever, you can light up, you can light up a, a stadium with one of those, if you know what you're yeah. doing with it, yeah. you really, you know, you can. Um, so I've never, I've never felt the need to take lights to a wedding because you're faffing around a lot more. And an hour. Oh, yeah, with studio lights. I mean, I, yeah. would, I, I, I went through a phase of always having the studio lights in the car just in case I needed them. Um, I think I used it once because mm. uh, it was it was one of these Christmas weddings that you know it, it's quite dark it was a big manor house and it was very mm. dark inside but I wouldn't now because LEDs are so much easier um yeah. and and so much uh well they're just easier to use and they're smaller they're less faff you don't have to meet her you know you can just uh, but what I like with the first dance ones is is I actually shoot with them using a rim light and then using my flash to fill uh, because you just get a bit more dyna- yeah, yeah. Di- dynamic lighting going on, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, we've digressed a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. But yes. I think we'll, we'll do we'll do a pod on this because we get so many we get so you get so many sort of messages about weddings and wedding photography because I think it's general event photography as well, and we do so many we we know it inside out. Yeah, but that's not to say we know everything because everyone does everything differently you know? uh, absolutely it's, it's, i mean we do always new techniques i mean yeah exactly and for me personally i like to strip everything down and keep it really simple and really basic was a lot of people will take loads of lights and they'll be doing this and they'll be uh you know get taking the bride and groom out in the evening spending ages with the bride and groom if we do that i've done that with you it, it's like really simple quick yeah you know so well again um, the led lights make it simple and quick they, they do the led lights have been a revelation and of course now you've got obviously battery powered studio flash units as well we know godox do godox and pixar pro do you know studio lights um that now you know no cables are needed that makes it great as well so you could take flash outside as well but you know i'd certainly i one thing i definitely wouldn't do is is take out studio lights outside in daylight um you know and i know some photographers do do that um i just don't feel for me it actually works that's fine. I mean, I, I don't say no to anything, you know, if no, uh, yeah, if, if, yeah. if if someone does it and I see the results and I like it, I'm like, oh, OK, actually, yeah. I, I might I might look at that. Yeah. Um, for me, but, it's more yeah. for me. That's Mark is more the faffing around with it. And the bride and groom don't want to spend that long mm. with you. faffing Because for me, the wedding day is not a photo shoot. You know, it is about their wedding day and, yeah, and you want to get and they want to get it done really quickly. And I want to make sure that we get it done really quickly, but still get some stunning shots. Yeah. Now, you can bring in all sorts of lights and do this, that and everything else and all sorts you know hold reflectors up and get assistance in and everything but realistically on a wedding day how much do you really want to do that you know mm. how much do the bride and groom really want to do it i find in the uk that's definitely the case couples don't want to do it i think the us when i see some us stuff i think it's very mm. different i think yeah couples in the us have a very different attitude to their wedding photography and their video compared to people in the uk i think it's a lot more romantic I think it's a lot more sort of well, we really want to do this. In we're the a US. bit more reserved, aren't we? I think that's yeah. that's what it is. But having said that, mm. I, I do see trends coming across. Um, so yeah, the other day we did a, we did a wedding, didn't we? And we had to do a picture of the bride and the groom before the ceremony. 
Oh, yes. Right? Yeah. Didn't we? And this is that's... something that comes, this is an American thing that's just come mm. over. So we had to do it. Obviously, they couldn't see each other mm. <laughs> because you can't see the bride before the, you know. Mm. Um, so we had to have this pillar in between them. And he was just closing his eyes, looking down until she was in position. They mm. hold hands around mm. the pillars they, yeah. and they're looking at me. They still can't see each other because <laughs> yeah. that I've never done that before. That's that. And that's come from the States. Mm. So that's we, right. We yeah. See these things coming across. Yeah, but... That's right. Yeah. I thought it's pretty cool. It's quite good seeing that. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, we know <laughs> how to they, do it now. Exactly. Which pillar to use. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So there's always new things to learn. OK. You know, learning never stops. And that, and that actually moves on to quite well. And so the next thing I actually wanted to talk about, Mark, right. because for those um, for those people that don't know, um, for many years, I've also been running photography classes as well. Um, even within the schedule that I have, I still do them. And every year I think yeah. I'm not going to do them, but people still enroll yeah. <laughs> and we still do it. And I'm committed to it and, we st- and I still do it. And uh, anyway, so anyway, so last night, the uh, a level one eight week course started um, over at the academy building, not too far from, from the office here. And uh, I occasionally do some one-to-one sessions and I had two people say it to me on the group last night and most one-to-one people will say this. They'll say, I'm so glad that I came here. I'm so glad that I came to you because learning in person face-to-face with somebody is just a million miles away from trying to sit on YouTube and learn something yeah. on YouTube yeah, as well. Okay? Agree. And I wanted to just talk about that a little bit, you know, because you know, over the years, I've watched some YouTube tutorials. I've watched little bits here and there to learn stuff. Mm. And I think some of them are great. And you can buy online courses. You can do that. Yeah. But I think there's, mm, I think there's a couple of things there, to be honest with you. So first off, I've, I've used both. So I actually, it was during the pandemic, actually, it was, um, I will name drop. It was um, uh, an online thing by Jake Hicks. Mm. And it was about color and, Mm. and and shooting sort of, color gels on the face and things mm. like that and that's not something mm. i've done a lot of yeah i'd always done it with the backgrounds maybe done it with the rim lights and just had a white light on them but not and the mixing of colors on faces and stuff like that and i thought mm. well we're in a pandemic i got nothing much else to do because i'm in lockdown mm. so and it was on a discounted rate so i got it and it, it was really it's a really good tutorial it, yeah it, it was really good yeah however uh, since the pandemic have i looked at it again no uh, because i'm very much doing all the things uh, however if if i if this thing that i've got was like a weekly thing or i don't know how many times you do it actually can if it's a weekly mm. thing or a monthly thing then you're committed for the next several weeks to keep going back to it and actually i think mm. the learning uh is better as, as good as this online tutorial was and it mm. was really good and mm. you know and he he's actually quite detailed in the things that he he he, he sort of mm. teaches it is very good but it's not the same mm. as having to go somewhere being there learning hands-on having that oh this is not quite working and then he he would come in and go well that's because you're doing this or doing that because he's seeing what you're doing do you Mm. know what I mean and that that sort of tuition I think is far better when it's face-to-face in the way that you're doing it YouTube I feel is something different um there's often when I've been on uh, I've been on Photoshop I'm like how how do I do X? Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. I look it up on YouTube. How do you do X? And then it'll go, this is how you do X. Oh, I've done that, yeah. And and that's fine, actually. And I think that's, that's I won't have a bad word to say about that. Because yeah. there's always someone on YouTube who has done yeah. something you want to do. <laughs> Without a doubt. I mean, Without I learned. And I that's mean, brilliant. But I think I that's pre- a different thing to the online tutorials. Mm. I mean, I pretty much learned the Canon menu system in R6 
when I bought it through YouTube. Yeah. I watched I watched three little tutorial little videos, right? I whizzed through them, found the bits I wanted to find out. He was there, job done. I was yeah. straight off with the camera. And then yeah. I figured out the rest of it out for myself. So it, it it's great. But learning for those people that do want to learn photography, um, yes, it's finding um a, an actual course that you can go to is always going to be much better than something that that that's taught online if you've got access to it obviously some people can't access courses i mean they are you know what that they can be difficult to come by there's a lot of one there's a lot of workshops a lot yeah. of photographers offer workshops and do things but yes um, uh, this jake hicks does as well yeah that's yeah. that's right yeah um but always bear in mind you know always look to see who's actually teaching um and i'm not just saying this just because it because it's me here but you know, I've taught on and off. I did a teaching degree many years ago, and there is a there is a way to teach. There is an there is an art to mm. teaching. You know, there is a correct way of teaching so that you make sure there is a way of 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 knowing how learners have 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 grasped something, and making sure that you recap on stuff. And there's a certain methods that you use that that which is why you do a teaching qualification. Mm. And I think that makes that makes a huge difference rather than just sort of going to a photographer who is a photographer but doesn't really know how to actually teach. There is yeah. a big big yeah. difference in. I in, I'd agree uh, with that. You know, um, I find training I'm, quite difficult, especially. Mm. And dare I say it, you know, I started training family photographers probably when I was about 28, maybe something along those lines. Mm. It was, believe it or not, it was easier then. And I had mm. less knowledge and experience um, because yeah. the people I was training were more or less my age. Mm. Um, now I'm like 40 year old. Um, and it is different because different generations learn in different ways. I don't have any teaching qualifications at all. Mm. In fact, actually, um, I didn't get a lot of you know trainer trainer stuff from venture either when i was there yeah. which you know you think back and you think oh my word how did it get away with that get, yeah yeah um and maybe i didn't i don't know um but yeah i find without that yeah i agree i think you can be the best photographer in the world it doesn't mean that you can you're the best teacher in the world and exactly so, that's right yeah yeah so so it was just a, and, and people do look for courses because you know they but a lot of people also want to, I think it's just life in general now, how they want to fast track. So there's people out there that want to become portrait photographers or they want to do baby stuff or they want to do food or they want to do yeah. products or something. So, um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll go on to YouTube and find tutorials on how to do food stuff or pictures of babies and weddings and that type of thing. Um, the problem is they miss the basics. And, and mm. if you don't know the basics and the fundamentals of things like composition and focus and those type of things, you're always going to find it a struggle and you're always going to wonder why you see other photographers work and it's so good and you don't understand yeah. how they do it it's because you've not had the fundamentals and it's like anything you do should start right from the beginning and get that grounding and if somebody can actually show you that grounding and give you that rather than you learning it online it you know you you will you it will be far more beneficial for you in the long run as well Mm, mm. um you know and one of the things that that, that i'll that i try and do in our classes is talk about confidence with photographers how do you build confidence um it's and it's learning that how can you get comfortable using your camera yeah, it's not yeah. just about it's not just about learning about shutter speed and aperture and all of those things you know it's it's you as a person and how you think about taking photos and that type of thing that's really important and i find that is not really things like that aren't taught online so much mm. um you know it, it's more about the technical aspects but um hey you know it was a good start to the course last night we had a full group and uh excellent yeah, stuff it was good so yeah you know, 
Excellent. You have to make sure they're not talking at the back, though, Cam, don't you? you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to take their chewing gum out, put it, put it in the bin. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Yeah, there's, there's always those one or two, aren't there? But no, yeah. no, we, we didn't have that yesterday. So good no, that's stuff. Cool. That's okay. Cool. I think that's it for another week, Mark. Uh, well, there's actually one other thing I just wanted to... Oh, it's just a quick sorry. little thing I should notice, and I don't know if this is true. And maybe you people of, uh, the, you know, the the, the fellow um, uh, patrons of uh, of our photography bar, um, I read something about how YouTube are going to start... Well, possibly. This is not... It could be just a test. Mm. But stop 4K videos for people who are on who don't pay the premium rate, basically. Right. And I'm wondering if that's a bit of an own goal because people will just stop using YouTube, surely. What, they're not going to allow people to be able to watch something in 4K and they pay for it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So YouTube have done, you know, that they've, obviously we probably all noticed there's been, in the past five to 10 years, there's been a big change with YouTube. You know, it used to be completely free, now it's got lots of ads in it. Mm. Uh, we used to have ads at the beginning of the video, the end of the video. Now they seem to have it. If you've got a long video playing, it'll be right in the middle of the video. Mm. Um, and and if you pay the, I think it's $12 a month or whatever it is, then you don't have that. And you can also watch things offline and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but now they're putting their 4K. Well, possibly it's, it could, as I say, it could just be a test. Um you know, the, the, the option of watching videos in 4K, again, in this premium setting. I just wondered what you thought about that. Well, well, the thing is, when I watch something on YouTube, and I do flick through stuff all the time, um, I'm never fussed about whether it's 4K or not. I'm just watching the video content for what it is and for quality. Yeah, I really. guess I'm the, I'm the same. I don't, but... ever, I'm, I don't think I've ever thought, oh, God, I can't watch this because I'm not watching that because it's not 4K. Or, yeah. Do you watch like it on this. the TV, though? I have watched stuff on a TV and it's never, the quality has never bothered me because I've always thought, Hey, that's YouTube. But is that because you've inadvertently watched it in 4k? No, definitely not. Because I've watched some stuff that is really not really not very good uh, uh, quality, but it's always been, Hey, well, that's what it is. Mm. Um, and that's it really. It's never, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, I mean, it probably will bother some people. Yeah. But it, it, how important is it? If you really want to watch something, how important is it? Is it that it's in 4K? I don't want to tell you what I don't like is if something's supposed to be professional, then it should be professionally presented and it should have a certain feel yeah. to it. Okay. And then you then you just turn off because no, this, this is done really cheap. Mm. But but I guess as well, it's also about the, the, the content creators that are on YouTube. So for example, mm. you want to put if you got, I don't, I can't remember if you've got a YouTube channel or not, but if you wanted to put some of your wedding teasers on there to show mm. off what you can do yeah but yet the viewer can't see it in the 4k that you put it up as isn't that a problem for you okay but then not really i'll tell you why because i think most people i think if you ask most people they are watching youtube on their phones or their tablets yes okay that, that's what I, I agree with i reckon probably as high as maybe 80 90 percent okay you probably yeah. got that small number that are watching something on a big TV. And if they're going to watch like a wedding tease, and we have got some up uh, mm. on our channel, and I do need to start updating that. <laughs> okay. But yeah. the, but That's see, another story altogether, but, isn't it? But the, yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. And, but 
most people are going to watch it on their phones. People, I don't yeah. think people are people are that fussed. They'll know if they're watching something good. And half the time, they're probably thinking, oh, it's just my signal that's not very good rather than yeah. oh, no, the videos. So really why is it that they think YouTube have, have taken or, or at least thinking about going down this road? Because it's either going to bother people or it's not. But then they feel people... that it's going to bother people enough to pay the, the premium. Yeah, but then do you think people would just stop posting 4K videos up? They'll just put a they'll just put a HD version up. Yeah, I guess. Then it's kind of well, then what's the point? I guess. I, I, yeah, yeah. It's, got, it, I find it quite a, a strange reason. story. Yeah, there's got to be um, a good reason. Unless they think maybe 4K is taking up too much space, bandwidth, whatever you want to call it. They want to. They actually themselves want to cut down on people that are putting 4K videos up because at the end maybe. of the day, it depends what you're watching it on. Are you watching it on a 4K TV? on 8k tv or are you just watching it on a tv that's just chucking out standard definition anyway right mm. or high de- high definition which isn't 4k well then it doesn't mm. matter if it's it doesn't filming matter. 4k yeah it doesn't really matter you know uh, um yeah so no i it, it really wouldn't bother me i certainly wouldn't pay a premium for well it. i said no well I'll, i don't think i can ever see myself paying the premium um it's, it's not as it's not important you know to me mm. to you know uh to do that so um yeah that's it that's it <laughs> yeah that's, cool. that. that's that yeah <laughs> all right good stuff um guys thank you very much for listening we just spoke about a number of things today actually yes we did Flitted from one thing to another bit of photography oh, related but, well i will just say though because I, oh, I did i did start it no i did start no, that youtube give us a message i'm interested to see if this youtube thing will bother people or not because i'm wondering oh, cool. why they've gone ahead and done it mm. or at least testing it because I agree with you. I watch YouTube on the phone, really. I do watch something on TV, but it doesn't really bother me, mm. just like you. But I'm wondering if it bothers. But then, you know, we're two old farts, aren't we? So, um, you know, I wonder if the younger people who are listening to this, it I wonder if it would bother them. And if it does, uh, post it on the, the episode messages. We'd be intrigued to hear. Mm. Personally, I don't think anyone cares. Really, no, really. No. No, I'm, being, I'm being serious. I don't mean that as a throwaway. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out. Comment. I don't think anyone's fussed. So well, we'll just, find out. Won't yeah, we? we'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out. Yeah, our, our survey. That's right. Our survey yeah, says. Our survey says. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Good stuff. Guys, thank you very much for listening. We are done for another week. The doors for the bar will be closing. The shutters come down. Doors will close. And uh, keep on listening. Keep on subscribing. Recommend us to friends, family, work colleagues everyone else anyone that you know get them to listen to us all right we've got some great exciting things coming up over the next few weeks over the next few months Uh, the podcast is growing more listeners are coming in every week and uh yeah we want to hope hopefully that uh, that continues good stuff stuff. thank you guys and we will see you uh at the next episode bye for now (laughs) 